Hi and welcome to St Ninian Sermons Podcast. I'm Stuart Cutler and I'm the Minister of St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse in Scotland. St Ninian's is a local ecumenical partnership between the United Reformed Church and the Church of Scotland. That means we reflect the traditions of both denominations in our work in worship. This week in worship we focused on John chapter 14 verses 1 to 17. So let's hear this week's passage read by Gillian and then hear the sermon. John chapter 14, reading from verses 1 to 27. Do not be worried and upset, Jesus told them. Believe in God and also believe in me. There are many rooms in my father's house and I am going to prepare a place for you. I would not tell you that if it were not so. And after I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to myself so that you'll be where I am. You know the way that leads me to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way to get there? Jesus answered him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. Now that you have known me, he said to them, you will know my Father also, and from now on, You do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. That is all we need. Jesus answered, For a long time I have been with you all, yet you do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Why then do you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe, Philip, that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I have spoken to you, Jesus said to his disciples, do not come from me. The Father who remains in me does his own work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. If not, believe because of the things I do. I am telling you the truth. Those who believe in me will do what I do. Yes, they will do even greater things because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask for in my name, so that the Father's glory will be shown through the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will stay with you forever. He is a spirit who reveals the truth about God. The world cannot receive him because it cannot see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and is in you. When I go, you will not be left all alone. I will come back to you. In a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. And because I live, you also will live. When that day comes, you will know that I am in in my Father and that you are in me, just as I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. My Father will love those who love me. I too will love them and reveal reveal myself to them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, Lord, how can it be that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, Those who love me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them 
and my Father and I will come to them and live with them. Those who do not love me do not obey my teaching, and the teaching you have heard is not mine, but comes from the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am still with you, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and make you remember all that I have told you. Peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. Amen. It's four weeks since Easter. Four weeks. A month. It's a really short space of time, isn't it? But it already seems like a distant memory. The eggs are long gone. If they lasted even a day. You see, who's shaking their head? Who's still got Easter eggs? Fiona? Really? May fairly, you've got Easter eggs. <laughs> All right. Okay. So it's an accident. Right, right, okay. Right. Wow. <laughs> the feelings of Holy Week, the desolation of that journey between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, and the joy of Easter morning perhaps linger. But as each day passes, they move further and further back into the darkness of our recollection until only small, dim lights remain. And those will occasionally be illuminated, reignited by a spark, a word, a smell, something that happens, something that someone says. And for some reason, we're hurtled back to that moment. Today, we find ourselves gathered around that table. The table that on the night Jesus was arrested, he gathered around with his disciples. There had been a table in an upper room. It's a strange evening that. They consumed their fill of food, tasted unpalatable words, and digested actions which made them queasy. It was a somber conversation about betrayal, like sour grapes had put their teeth on edge. Talk of denial that was hard to swallow, the master washing their feet. So difficult to absorb. Then the language of leaving of loss and of love. There had been a table laid for a celebration, but it was an odd sort of feast. They'd supped on bread and wine, nourishment for the body, a meal made even more memorable by his metaphors of flesh and blood. And for afters, he dispensed teaching teaching that was difficult to stomach, a foretaste of things to come, the conversation serving only to fatten up their fears. The master moved and spoke peace, peace to troubled hearts, showing them himself as the word and the way, calling them to savor life, This reading today is the last part of John's farewell discourse. It's a long section of scripture where Jesus talks to his disciples about what has been, what is, and what is about to happen. They're sitting around a table. 
in an upper room in Jerusalem. Jesus has shocked them all with an unfathomable humility, taking a basin and a towel and washing the feet of the men and women who had been his followers. The Son of God, the Most High, taking the role of a servant, the very least. This, this is how the kingdom will come to be. It will come when pride is swallowed. It will come when status is put aside. It will come when self-reliance is replaced with dependence on God. And after all these instructions, after all the teaching, after they had shared this odd meal full of significance and heartbreak, he started to talk of things much, much darker. Betrayal and denial and death. And the disciples were scared and they were hurt and they were confused. How could it all come to this? It had only been a few days until Jesus had risen, ridden into Jerusalem on a donkey. And the people had cheered and waved their palm branches and clapped their hands and sang songs. And... But then perhaps the disciples only see what they wanted to see. Maybe the crowd was full of sarcasm rather than adoration. Maybe they were playing along with the joke. Hail to the king. Who is this guy? The latest in a long line of preachers and miracle workers. Hosanna for him. It's just some rabbi from Nazareth and nothing ever good's come from there. Perhaps. Perhaps they had seen what they wanted to see. And then there was a tension through the week. The confrontation with the rulers and the priests. Jesus never missed an opportunity to give them a poke. But this was different. Chucking tables about calling them out as hypocrites and liars. And now this. And you can almost taste their fear. And so after all this bad news comes an incredible passage where Jesus talks about believing in him and trusting in him. Remember, he tells them, remember all that has happened. When all that's about to happen has been and gone, I need you to remember. I need you to remember all of it. All the things that have gone before, don't be worried and don't be upset. Don't let your hearts be troubled. But it's easier said than done, isn't it? It's hard. But the, the advice given to the disciples holds for us too. Trust in me. Remember all the things that you've seen and hold tight to those things because they're real and they're good and they're true. And just as Jesus transformed water into wine and Lazarus to life and a brown bag full of bread and fish into a banquet and the sick to wholeness and the blind to sight, each one of those works, bringing healing and delight and abundance that brought life itself, are reminders. But the disciples like us don't get it. 
Thomas speaks up. Thomas, who just a few days earlier was the one who said when they heard that Lazarus was ill, let's go with him. I don't care if it's dangerous. I'm quite happy to die with him. And now he has questions. You can't tell us we know where you're going. How can we know? We've never been. You've never talked like this before. How can we know? To be honest, Jesus, most of us never know what you're up to. Even when we see you, when we watch you doing this stuff, we still don't know how you did it and we rarely know what it means. And now you're saying that you will show us the way or that we know the way. How? How? We don't know where you're going. We don't know. How can we know the way? Jesus' response is simple. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Trust in me. So simple, isn't it? I am one of the cleverest word plays in all the Bible. I am, it's me. It's as simple as that. I am is the name of God. I am. God is the way. God is truth. God is life. Trust in me. Trust in God. The beginning of change is always the hardest bit, isn't it? That time when everything's new and different, where old ways are still our strongest habits and the new seems awkward, seems to jar, it feels strange. It takes persistence to change, to do something differently, to live in a different way when everything around you is telling you it's wrong. That's why this passage is so hard. When Jesus tells us that we will do even greater things than he did, we just don't believe it. We cower and equivocate because, well, you're a miracle worker. Because I'm not. And yet, we know that healing and wholeness and restoration and new life come through our caring for our friends, for the people that we love. We've seen it happen. People are changed by our actions. When Jesus tells us that if we ask for anything in his name, we shout back all those times when we've been left stricken with grief and disappointment. Where were you then? Where were you when I was on my knees begging? And yet we know the answer, even before we get the question out. I was there. I was right beside you. I was weeping with you and for you and holding you every single moment. Our memories are fickle, aren't they? Our recollections are so informed by our own point of view, our own priorities, our own needs. We edit our stories. We retell them in a way that works for us. And in doing so, we construct a new reality. Motherwell are, in fact, the best football team in the universe. It's true. Maybe not yesterday, but mostly. 
Because we tell the story we want to tell, don't we? It would be so easy for the story of Jesus to be a story about failure. It could be a story about denial and betrayal and arrest and torture and execution. And there's lots of truth in that. Because it is all of those things. If you've ever seen Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ, that's what the story is. And that's where it stops. But we know that's not the whole story. Because alongside those things, the betrayal and denial and arrest and torture and execution come moments like this. Moments of profound love. Moments of concern, moments of service and hope and peace. In the middle of all the bad things that are happening, Jesus takes time to say, peace. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. And I don't give to you as the world gives, so don't let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. And as we gather around the table of the Lord, the same table where Jesus still speaks these words, we hear them afresh again. Peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And as we eat the broken bread and drink the poured out wine, we reconstruct our remembering. We put back together all the pieces of our lives. We expose the parts that were papered over. We rediscover the bits that we've hidden away because at this table, all are welcome. And all of us is welcome. Because this is the table where Jesus gave bread to the one who would deny him and wine to the one who betrayed him and loved him still. Do not let your heart be troubled. And do not be afraid. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find us on Facebook at St Ninian's Church Stonehouse and on Twitter at St Ninian's Stonehouse. You can find out all the other great stuff we're up to. If you're passing and want to join us in person, we meet for worship every Sunday at 11am. We'd love to see you.